Welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network. I am your hostess, Pat Rulo, and today I have the pleasure to share a recent Firebird Book Award-winning author with you. She is Christina Chu, and her winning book is titled Beauty. Christina is the grand prize winner of the James Allen McPherson Award for her novel Beauty, which was selected as a Kirkus Best Books of 2020, the Gold Place winner of the Human Relations Indie Book Awards, and a winner, of course, of our 2021 Firebird Book Awards. She is also author of Troublemaker and Other Saints, published by G.P. Putnam's Sons. Troublemaker was a nominee for the Stephen Crane First Fiction Award and winner of the Asian American Literary Award. And her story titled Waves was nominated for the Pushcart. Her essays appear in Electric Literature, Next Tribe, and Publishers Weekly. And I'm so honored to share her with you. So let's get started. Welcome to the network, Christina. Hi, how are you? Thank you so much. Oh my, thank you for being here today and congratulations on the book win. Thank you. (laughs) I was excited about that. So before we talk about your book, Beauty, maybe give us a little peek into your life that then led you to write this book. Uh, Well, there were several reasons why I wrote Beauty. Um, I had wanted to write something along the lines of Beauty because uh, I'm I'm Chinese American and I I, I always I think a lot about that um, the Asian exotic Asian stereotype and so that's kind of always sort of in my mind and I always think about different kinds of stereotypes and my first book really focused on that so um, one of the stories from the first book was called Beauty and it just never let me let me go it just was constantly just there on my shoulder, reminding me that it wasn't done, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just kept, kept at, I, I, I was working on another novel, but I had to set it aside. And then I started working on this one and I kept at it. And I finally um, finished it like 14 years after my first book or something. And, uh, and I was really happy um, to deal with the issues that the book focuses on and to do it in a way that just shows the life of this person who is just like most people, right? Like she goes into fashion. She's, it's very competitive field. Uh, you know, people don't make it easy. She has this dream. And life kind of gets derailed a little bit and she doesn't end up pursuing her dream until later in life. And if there's any, any takeaway that I hope people will have from this book, it's that your dream is always there. You, you, you know, you just have to get it. You have to keep going for it. And that's really what the protagonist in this book does. She just she just keeps at it uh, when she gets older and um, and she becomes a designer mm-hmm. and ends up in the industry. Did you have fashion in your background? Um, I had pretty much zero fashion in my background, so I did a lot of research and I even started making shoes. And that's how I kind of got into shoemaking. And so I make shoes now, too. 
I do want to talk about that. I saw I saw the Mary Mecco poppy boots, the iconic pattern there of those boots and the process. And I just think that is so fascinating. You talk about research. You really delved into that. Just share a little bit about why you felt you needed to do the shoemaking as the research for this book. Um, well, I didn't know much about fashion, and I couldn't really appreciate all the things about fashion. Like, for instance, you know when you see boots that are about $2,000, you're like, what What would possess someone to buy a pair of boots for $2,000, right? Mm -hmm. And so I really want to understand what made a shoe worth it. And I couldn't really do that unless I took a class. And I already knew that this person, this protagonist, loved shoes and, and boots and anything in that realm. And so I, I decided to take a class. It was a class uh, uh, right at the Jewish Community Center. And I started making different kinds of shoes and boots. It's really fun. I can't tell you how... If you haven't tried it and you've been thinking about making shoes, it's so incredibly fun. Quite honestly, I never gave that any thought. I never thought it was possible to actually take a class in making shoes. It, it didn't even dawn on me. Oh, it, you you really have to. I guess maybe it's because I live in New York. Yes. So uh, I, there are all different kinds of classes around. Mm -hmm. So I I just saw it and I decided to take it. And I was also going to take another class at FIT, but I just didn't have enough time to do all the research, right, and fix shoemaking. Mm -hmm. oh. uh, talk about dedication and to the craft. I mean, you know, talk about research. There you go. Just immerse yourself in that, and you become a new person yourself. All right, maybe give us a look into the book. Give our listeners kind of a sneak peek as to what they might expect when they read your book. So this character uh, is, is a little bit traumatized when she's younger, and it sort of echoes into her into her adult life. And I would say her life kind of spirals to a point where she finally, at some point, deals with things and starts to buoy back up. And what I love about this character is that the journey, like every novel is a journey, right? Mm -hmm. And in this case, I feel like it's a journey to, she thinks it's a journey to become designer and to be in the industry, right? But ultimately for her, it really is um, a journey to redefine what family means to her and what beauty means to her. So it was a really beautiful way for me to actually explore all these different things. And I had to question all kinds of things um, in, my, in my own life, right? Um, because it was like the character kind of lives with you a little bit. And, you, you know, I tried to really see everything through her eyes and really live what she was living, well, at least on the page. Right. Um, so here she is. She has something traumatic that kind of happens in her family, and then she has an actual 
like physical trauma um, and like a sexual experience. And then it kind of spills out into her life. And the moment things kind of turn around is when she realizes that she has these ideas and these beliefs that kind of keep her in a box, right? And they're, they kind of imprison her because she believes them. And it isn't until she kind of like starts to question that she actually can recreate who she wants to be versus what she thinks people wanted her to be and what society might tell her to be. Mm-hmm. So it's like, Attain, it's like she attains a certain amount of freedom and courage and yeah, she's so much gutsier than I am yeah. in my own life. I mean, my life is actually pretty boring compared to the characters that I write. So it's, it's always such a pleasure getting to know them and, and seeing how they behave. And this character really moved me because she just grew so much and she just changed so much and she became the the woman that I always want to be. I always want to advocate for myself, my children. I always want to treat life like it's a it's you know an ex- an exploration of of the world like of this this life. Everything. Um, at every step, I want to be doing that, and I want to be always stretching to be more than I think I am. As you're speaking, I'm thinking you are creating this character, and at the same time, this character whom you are creating is creating you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure, because, you know, the character actually ends up saying a lot of things that are kind of subconscious, mm-hmm. I guess. Yes. They're, they're in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you realize, wait a minute, she's right. <laughs> yep. Why am I doing like X, Y, or Z? Like, why don't I question things in my own life? And I think that's what's so powerful about writing. I mean, I think all art forms, they really they really are so different from other work in that most people go to work, they make a living and they survive. Mm-hmm. But artists, they, they live, they, they live and they're in that moment that they're writing. They're there and they really get to explore life and explore experience. Mm-hmm. And that's what I just, I love so much about it. I can tell, I can feel your passion. You say something, and I don't know, maybe I found it on your website, where you said societal conventions are about beauty are like cages. They often keep women from reaching their full potential. And you kind of hinted at the societal um, cages and boxes. Let's just talk about that for a moment. What does that mean to you? So I think people have this idea of beauty, right? And, you know, you open up any magazine or, or you go to, a blockbuster movie. It's always that tall blonde with the long hair, uh, you know, the very white waspy features who is considered beautiful. And 
we all want to say, oh, no, no, um, you know, you know, we're all beautiful. We all, we all say that, right? But like deep, deep down, do we actually feel that way? No, which is why people end up getting plastic surgery or, you know, changing, you know, their, the color of their eyes or by, by, you know, getting contacts or, you know, people diet like crazy and, and torture themselves that way. And, and it's because we're coming at beauty from outside versus inside. And when I say that, it sounds so hokey saying it like that, but what I really mean is that beauty is an experience. And if we can understand that, then it, it changes everything because it's, it's really not the makeup that you put on or the, the, the bra size that you wear. It's, it's, it's not none of those things. It, cause those things don't define you. What, what really matters is finding that experience that makes you feel a million bucks and tapping into that feeling or that emotion to feel your beauty. And I think that's what gives some people confidence versus other people who are, you know, just as beautiful but don't feel confident. Mm -hmm. It's that people have a certain experience and they're able to always bring that emotion or that that um, experience into how they feel more and more and more. And they can cultivate that so that at a certain point, they aren't looking in the mirror all the time. They're not judging that the lines on their face or, you know, the, the roll on their belly or whatever. Um, and it's, it's, it becomes something that is internal and, and it's about you mm-hmm. doing something that you love and that makes you feel that way. And I think that's why um, sometimes people tell you when you feel down, you should listen to good music mm-hmm. because it, music it's like an experience. Like you listen to something, it makes you feel a certain way. You lose yourself, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes you find yourself dancing around mm-hmm. a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and that is what I'm talking about. When you find something and you're able to just lose yourself a little bit, that's, that's what, where you get beauty from. That's where you feel powerful. Wow. Does it, that make sense? It does. It, it does make sense. And it sounds simple. But it's not. It, it's, it's not an easy it, thing to accomplish. It's not easy. But, you know, it's, it's like this. When, when I was researching this book, I started, you know, this shoemaking class. And I, my intention was to do a class, you know, like not keep doing it, right? But I did this class, and what I found was that while I was working on these shoes, time would evaporate. Mm-hmm. It was one minute, 10 a.m., next minute it's, you know, almost three and I've forgotten to pick up my kids, <laughs> you know? And, and then I knew, I'm like, oh my God, this has just given me this, mm-hmm. this time where I was just only thinking about what I was doing right then, right now. Yes. And it feels so wonderful when you have that. It makes you feel, I don't know about other people, but it makes you feel like, this is why I'm here. These are the things that I'm trying to do. Um, this is how I 
explore life and, and just feel good about myself and feel liberated from the everyday worries and troubles and all of that stuff that comes with life, right? Yes, yes, yes. And I think we all get flashes of that. And the, the, the trick is just to hang on to it and maintain it. And like anything else, you have to work at that. It's not going to do When, you know, when something negative happens, it's easy to just spiral out and feel like bad or scared or whatever. But the more you cultivate the ability to move back into the space where you're just present now, here, doing just this, the more you kind of train yourself to not be controlled by emotions, to be basically just you. And that is where you're the most beautiful, the most powerful. Thank you for talking about this. I think it's going to be very inspiring to everyone who listens. I appreciate it. I hope so because um, I've gone through some really dark times in my life and I always, there were times where I just wondered, you know, how do people deal with this? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. how do people deal with illness? How do people deal with their child um, having an illness? How do, how, how? Yes. And it was through my art, my writing and, and shoemaking and, and, you know, knitting. I also knit, so it's knitting and all the things that I love to do that has basically helped me build my life back mm -hmm. to where I want to be and who I want to be. So I'm not just this constant mess of what now, what now, what now? <laughs> right. Right? Yes. Yes, <laughs> that sure. doesn't help either. No. So. Nope. Uh, you're special. Thank you. Thank you. Let's talk about your cover. Where did that come from? Where did the artwork, how did you conceive the cover art? Um, luckily, they had a designer um, who did the cover art, and it basically comes It's um, very similar to a template that designers use when they're about to um, create a drawing or a design. They use this sort of as a template. Um, and what I wanted for this book was really that idea, right? Here's this template, and it's about design, but it also doesn't have anything on it yet. And here's this character who can, who who builds up this life, and then she basically recreates herself and redesigns her own life. And and so that's where it comes from. I thought it was really beautiful. So I was really happy with it. Um, and I think, I think it's one of those designs when people see it, it kind of looks, it looks, I, I don't know. I mean, I think people can sort of, even though it's kind of bizarre, it, it, I think people can kind of relate to it because there's this, sort of um, ghostly, you know, silhouette, right? And everything else goes on to it. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of what I wanted to do with, with um, this book, to, to make people see that, look, it doesn't matter what things were or, or how, how things happened. Like, you can actually recreate who you are mm -hmm. 
change who you are. And that's what the character does. The downside is I've heard some people say, oh, you know, um, it's about beauty and I'm not into beauty. And I said, and I, I want to just say that, look, it's so much more oh, yeah. than just like the fashion industry. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's really about the beauty in life right. and the beauty in family and really understanding what love is. Well, it's a beautiful book, and I'm, I'm happy that we're having this opportunity to talk about it. Let's talk about, you work with a group of parents, writing parents, pen parentis. Tell us a little about yeah. that. That's so interesting. I, yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. So I curate and co-host a series called Pen Parentis, and basically it's an organization that supports authors who are parents to keep them on creative track. And part of the reason why I wanted to do this is because when I was, um, when I had my first child, it was, it was such a isolating experience. I mean, I loved it, but it was isolating and, um, I just didn't know what to do with this crying infant <laughs> that like he literally cried constantly and he didn't sleep. And I, I had no support, and so I wanted to work at, with this organization because I want to support parents, um, especially young parents, right, that they're, they're trying to write at the same time as their parent, and it's, it can be harder because your focus is divided, and it isn't like you have a nine-to-five job somewhere else, right? People assume, oh, you could just write at home. Right. But if your kids are at home, it's hard to write it, <laughs> right? Right. So, so that's the whole idea that we provide a fellowship for for uh, every year for authors or, or writers who are parents. We we just uh, announced our our fellowship this year winner, and we also have this reading series. We have like these groups where we meet up for accountability. So. It, we have all these things that support our authors, and it's really rewarding for me. Oh, I would think so. When I saw that, I thought that makes such such sense. I just, about a half hour ago, interviewed another author who lives on a sailboat and has lived on a sailboat and has five children and a husband, and she writes in close quarters. And I was thinking, oh, my gosh, how, how do you manage that? Yeah, that's very close quarters. Yes, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, it can be really, really tough, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and and some of it is is the experience, like you know, if your kids are more willing to be more independent or or less or whatever. Um, but it really matters if you have a community, mm -hmm. and so this community really, you know, means a lot to a lot of people because. They are going through this, and it's not like parenthood ever really ends. You know what I mean? So, you know, we we work with all kinds of parents. Um, old, you know, parents with kids that are, you know, fully grown, or you know, going off to college, or you know, it doesn't matter. But this way, they have a community. Mm -hmm. Yep. Everyone needs some kind of a support group. So, pen parentis. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All righty. So what's next for you? Any new books on the horizon? Um, I'm already working on my next novel. Mm 
uh, I'm really happy about it. It's it's coming along really well, and I'm very excited. Uh, what should I say about it? I know it? any sneak peeks. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I can say that the beauty was taken from a short story from my first book called Troublemaker Another Saint. Mm-hmm. And this book is also taken from one of the stories in that book. Yep. Okay. Because a lot of these characters just kept hanging on. Well, you're allowed to borrow your own characters and put them someplace else, right? Yeah, and give them a fuller life yes. than a short story, mm-hmm. you know? Yep, I do. So it's been really a pleasure. How is it to be so involved with your character? You know, you, you mentioned you feeling such this connection with your character that you were learning from your character. How do you separate that? So say now you're starting another book. I'm imagining you miss this person. I, I sort of do. Um, I, they never really go away, I guess, in a way. Um, but sometimes I'll think about, uh, you know, I'll see something in a store and I'm like, oh, you know, that character would love that. <laughs> <laughs> he would love that bag. <laughs> <laughs> And it, it, it's almost like they're a friend. Yes. Right? They're like this, um, they're this imaginary friend that you kind of, you know, get to know. And they never really leave you. But, you know, you let them go. Yep. You let them go on to the world and and have its life with other with the reader. So I like that. Oh, my gosh. Well, anything we miss then as we begin to wrap up, anything that we might want to talk about that we didn't? You know, one of the things that I would love to talk about is the, um, so I was one of the founding members of the Asian American Writers Workshop, mm-hmm. and it's having its big anniversary this year. And I can't even believe this, but it's like, it's some ridiculous number of years. I Now it's like not in my mind anymore because I'm blocking it deliberately. <laughs> and I'm just really, really proud of the fact that the Asian American Writers Workshop has come such a long way, and it started as a community, like a like a a group workshop, a basement workshop, mm-hmm. and you know, then we were doing readings, and then we were doing magazines and lit, you know, journals, and then then you know, it it became an organization. We had a you know, we we sold books, and it just. Now it's a national organization, which is really wonderful, and I just hope that writers, Asian writers, you know, all over, you know, you're not alone. You know, you can always reach out to the workshop. They, you know, they have a wonderful team there, and do what means most to you. If it's if pursuing your dream is being a writer, then write, mm-hmm. and. It doesn't matter what what it is; just pursue it. Right. Half of the half the of the greatness of of everything is your journey to that end. You may not get there, but it's that journey that you enjoy. So, just treat your life like that, oh. and enjoy it. You are very inspiring, my friend. Thank you for that. So where can folks go if they want to find out more about you, connect with you, talk with you, purchase your books, 
give us some of the information? Um, so if they want to purchase my book, they can get it on Amazon or they can get it on Bookshop. Um, they can also go to my website and, you know, click on the tab. My website uh, is addresses www.christinachu.org. And I, you can see me on Twitter. Uh, it's ChrisChu13. And I'm out there. So please, please reach out. Let me know what you think. I want to hear what you, you know, your ideas and what you think. Excellent. All right. So we're talking with Christina Chu and her book is titled Beauty. The website is ChristinaChu.org. And yes, feel free to reach out to her. You are so inspiring and I'm going to look into shoemaking. So just because of this conversation today, thank you so, so much. Cool. Talk to you soon. Thank you.